Hey guys, it's Emily M here. That's Assistant Director Emily, not Emily C. So for our regular listeners, I'm not the Emily you're used to hearing from. But we're going a little off script for this episode, and we're here to discuss resources for those of you who have kiddos headed back to school this season. So if you aren't local or the whole back to school thing isn't really on your radar for various reasons, then this might not be the episode for you. And that's okay, you can skip it. Our feelings won't be hurt, but don't stay gone for too long. Emily C. and Jamie will be back with more literary related and library specific content really soon. So in the meantime, it's back to school season here on the Cape and across the country. But since it's back to school season and it's a back to school season like no other, we thought we should share a special podcast. Back to school this year looks different for everyone. Some people are returning in person, some kids are doing distance learning or remote learning, and some families homeschool or have decided to try homeschooling. School during a pandemic means that there's a lot to consider. Throughout the pandemic, we at the library have been saying, we're all in the same storm, but we're not necessarily in the same boat. Your household makeup doesn't look the same as mine. We all have access to different resources and support systems, and we all have different home and work life considerations. So when making the decision about back to school this year, every family had to weigh their own circumstances against community circumstances, and just, wow, it was overwhelming, right? Tough decisions. So this year, we thought that it would be helpful to share local resources for the Montemoy Regional School District, as well as families who have decided to homeschool. Whatever choice you've made, it's cool. There's no one size fits all plan under current circumstances. What's important right now is that we all respect the choice that each family has made and understand that everyone's just trying to do what's right for their household. So the first half of this podcast, we invited Montemoy Regional School Community Engagement Coordinator Joy Jordan to come and chat about information resources specific to the Montemoy community. She talks about where families can go to get the most up-to-date and specific information related to whatever learning plan they've chosen, how to stay in touch, and where to go when you need answers. It's really important to remember that the information that's out there is specific to the school your kiddo attends, the method of instruction they've chosen, whether that's in-person or distance learning, what grade they're in. So while reaching out to community members can be super helpful, it's also important to remember that because everyone has made individual choices, it's likely that some people will be more familiar with the info related to their situation. Um, So it can be really, really helpful to go to the right source for support. The second half of the podcast um, is with Youth Services Librarian Ann Carpenter, who discusses homeschooling resources. There are a lot of first-time homeschoolers out there this year, but don't worry, there's a ton of places for you to go for information and support, and we're going to outline those for you in the second half of the podcast. So grab your coffee or tea and settle in. There's going to be a lot to discuss. We'll be right back. Hi, Joy. Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me on. Absolutely. Is this your first podcast recording? You know, I believe it is. I've listened to plenty, but I've never actually been on one. 
Well, welcome. I'm excited to have you here. This is my first time flying solo. Most of our listeners are used to hearing Emily Carta, and I've recorded with Emily Carta before, but this is my first solo run. So thank you for joining me. So I'm not all alone. Oh, well, I'm confident we can get through it successfully. Yeah, me too. So for our listeners, I am here with Joy Jordan. Joy is the Community Engagement Coordinator for the Monomoy Regional School District. Um, So Joy, can you tell us a little bit about your role and what exactly the Community Engagement Coordinator does? Sure. Um, I always feel like it's sort of a party trick to describe my position without using the words in my title, because truly, so much of what I do revolves around engaging with the community. But what that means in practice is that I manage everything from uh, the volunteers that come into our schools, the organizations that we might collaborate with on programs or activities or events. I manage all sorts of communication related tasks, including our website, um, dealing with the media, managing all of those outward facing activities. And, you know, I could go into a very long detailed description of all the various things that make up my role, but those are sort of the high level um, concepts that guide the work that I do. It truly is connecting with things that are happening in the community, people in the community, uh, people that want to be involved in our schools or um, contribute to our schools in some way or donate materials to our schools. Sometimes I am asked to reach out specifically to look for special speakers or experts or a certain type of donation that would really make a project or activity possible for a teacher. So there's a lot of variety, which is one of the, the best parts about my role. And, um, you know, a, a sort of more unofficial part of it is being a resource for families, particularly when parents and caregivers might have some questions, but they don't know who within our organization would be the one to answer those questions. I'm a great starting point to say, here's who can help you with that. Here's the department you should talk to. Here is the you know, staff member that can help you with that and really focus their questions so that they don't have to kind of keep poking around to find the information they need. And that's perfect. That's really how I've interacted with you in terms of um, school-related or district-related information. And as an information provider for the community, when I was thinking about back to school and how different it is this year, and there's, you know, a lot going on at once, um, and I know that you are a great resource for people as that starting point, as you mentioned. So that's why we invited you on to the show to talk a little bit about um, routes that parents can take to get to the information that they're looking for. Because we know this year is really different than years past. It's not our typical back to school. We have families that are doing um, in-person learning and families that are doing distance learning remotely. And um, there's just so many variables and, and things are changing and evolving quickly. We've all seen that over the last six months just in the wider world, not just in the school community, that things are changing quickly. So it's really nice to have a resource to go to um, to find out how to, where to direct your question and how to get the information that you're looking for. So I really thank you for joining us today. I know you guys are really busy. Um, For our listeners, we're recording this on Friday, September the 11th, which is officially the last weekday before students go back to school. (laughs) Yes. So I know your plate is really full right now. Uh, So I appreciate you taking the time to be here with 
products. Um, and I just wanted to invite you to, you know, just highlight what are the most important resources that Monomoy families and community members um, should be aware of in the coming weeks and months? Um, where would you point them to some like main sources of information? Sure, sure. And, you know, I do have the benefit of also being a parent in the district. I have four children in the district myself. So I, I understand a lot of the questions and concerns that families have. And I think that helps uh, provide the information that people need. You know, I would, and I don't want to be flipped, but I would start by saying the first thing I would recommend is that everybody take a deep breath because <laughs> this is a difficult time for everyone. As you said, there are a variety of situations happening. It's a hard time for all of us. And I think the key to getting through this successfully is taking a deep breath and trying mm -hmm. to just approach all of it with some patience and some grace and the understanding that it's new for everybody and that we're all learning as we get through this and everybody has the best of intentions. And you know, I think that will help us all emotionally and in a more practical sense, <laughs> just sort of take that time to get to a good place going into this because it's going to be bumpy. You know, there are going to be little stumbles mm -hmm. along the way and people are going to feel confused or they're not going to be sure what to do. And I think just taking that pause and a deep breath will help move things along. So that would be, that's my first. I think that's um, great first advice. And I have to say, it mirrors something that we've been saying at the library for the last four or five months. Everybody's in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. Um, you know, everybody's, everybody's situation at home is unique and their work situation is unique. And we all have different challenges that we're up against. And I think you're absolutely right. Take a deep breath. We're all in this together. We're going to get through exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I know there are so many questions because this is so new to everyone. And, you know, the district has tried hard to share that information. Obviously, nobody's perfect at getting everything out in exactly the, the format or the mode that people prefer because everyone has a different preference there. Um, I would say on a really practical sense, and again, I don't want to sound sort of um, flip about this, but read your email. Check your email, read the messages that come in, check your spam folders frequently because we as a district don't have control over what individual email providers put into spam. So we can send things out assuming that everyone is receiving them. If they get stuck in somebody's spam, we can't really control that from our IT end of things. So it's really important to just be checking your email checking your spam folder to make sure no important messages have gotten filed in there and, and reading the messages from start to finish. I know it's overwhelming. I, I'm getting just as many emails the past <laughs> few months because that's how we're all communicating, but it really is the way that we can send messages out to everybody at the same time. And, you know, we can't rely on paper flyers and things like that the way we used to be doing. So email has, for better or worse, become really critically important. So, you know, I just, I encourage everybody to take a minute, even if that means you you set aside 20 minutes twice a day that you're gonna sit there and just read through all the school emails that have come in, because I know it's a lot. I know that there are some coming from the district level, the school level, the teacher level, so it's, it's inundating, but 
that's how all the important information is going to get shared. So that's really important to, to set yeah. aside that time and do that. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you a strategy that I've used. Maybe it's helpful for some of the listeners because I'm also a parent in the district. I've had three girls who have gone through the Monomoy system starting in Harwich before the regionalization. My youngest is now in the eighth grade. She's the only one that's still in the Monomoy district. The other two have graduated and moved on. Um, so I'm getting those emails as well. But um, one strategy that I use is if I don't have time to really... Um, read thoroughly and digest and process because I'm one of those, my brain works that way. I need to process things before it moves into long-term memory. I can't just skim and read. So if I don't have the time to devote to it, when I open it, I mark it as unread. So it yes. stays top of my inbox. And that's a strategy I use for everything, not just school related yes. emails, but I find it so helpful. Yep, I do exactly the same thing. And then it gives me sort of a, a list of things I need to attend to, knowing that all those unread emails are something that I need to focus on. So that's exactly. a great strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everybody needs to just think about what's going to work for them. I know not everybody loves email, but it really is the best way in this current environment to get chunks of information mm -hmm. home to families. We do try very hard to make sure everything is also reflected on our website. And that's just a fantastic resource. And again, I know it's daunting because there's a lot of information there, but I think it's really wise to spend a few minutes and acclimate yourself with our website. We have tried really hard to make it user-friendly and make information easy to find, but sometimes you might need to poke around a little bit to see uh, where things might be located. You know, we, we try always to put the most important information on the homepage. Um, for those who aren't familiar, I'll back up a second and explain how our website works. We have one website that is our district website and that handles all of the district level information, all of those general policies, procedures, um, contact information, all of that is on our district website. And then from there, you can access the four individual school websites. So Chatham Elementary, Harwich Elementary, Monomoy Middle and Monomoy High School each have their own websites. And that's where you can drill down into a little more school specific information, whether it's handbooks or parent pickup and drop off procedures or things that you know will really only apply to one building will be found on those individual school pages. So knowing kind of how the, the framework of the website is set up can be really helpful. Uh, we're trying, you know, every minute we're adding more resources and more information to the website in the hopes that it, it creates that sort of static home that people can always go find if they maybe missed an email or think they saw it in an email a couple weeks back. I would say the bulk of the important messages that go out that information is also on our website somewhere. So take a few minutes, familiarize yourself with the website and where information might be listed. Yeah, and I think that's really important in general. Again, I'm an information nerd, so this speaks <laughs> to me like the hierarchy of information. But, um, you know, I know a lot of times now we depend on social media to find things, but, um, you know, that changes as you add things to the news feed. Information gets shifted further and further down. It can be harder to locate it. But if you go back, if that information lives permanently on the website, so much easier to find it that way if you are familiar with the layout of the website. So totally, exactly. yeah, exactly. And we try to do that with anything that's shared on social media. Um, 
we, we try to link it back to the website to help encourage people to, to see where things live on the website and, and feel more comfortable using that. So, um, you know, we do, we do obviously use social media. Uh, we're primarily Facebook and Twitter at this point. Some of the other uh, sort of team specific or building specific um, entities might also have an Instagram or different Twitter accounts, but um, those two are our main feeds. And again, we try to replicate important information that might get emailed out to families, also share that on social media and on our website. So there's multiple ways of getting that information out there in the hopes that everybody will be able to consume it in a way that is comfortable for them. But we, we do try to look at our website as the home of all of the information. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. So that's it again, back to my info nerd access points. They're really important. Important. So you've got all of these different access points, but they're all leading back mainly to the website. So that's a great resource for people to have bookmarked um, so they can just get right to it. Yeah. And we're really launching a, um, a tool that we started using in the spring and has uh, proved to be successful in the spring and we've expanded the use of it. And it's called Clever and it's a single sign-on portal, which will essentially allow our students to, um, when they open up their Chromebooks or other device, they log into Clever and that will bring them to a portal that is specifically curated for their um, you know, classes and their grade level and they will then have uh, direct links to their teachers' Google Classrooms, to um, landing pages the teachers might have created that list daily schedules and other reminders. Uh, it will directly link to any sort of outside sites that they use. You know, there's a handful of um, sort of math and literacy websites and tools that are used at various grade levels, and it will link directly to those. And the, the really great thing about Clever is that by accessing all of these resources through the Clever portal, students won't have to sign into all of these various sites with their username and password. You know, that's kind of one of the big struggles, especially for the distance learners um, that we learned from in the spring is that the management of all of those usernames and passwords really is unwieldy. And by utilizing this Clever sign-on portal, the, they just like literally the first day of school, they will sign in through Clever. And then after that, as long as they're using their same device, they don't have to sign in again. They won't have to sign into Google Classroom. If they go to use um, Lexia, for example, they won't need to sign in again. It automatically logs them into all of those sites in just sort of one click, which we hope will really particularly benefit all of the distance learning families, but really any of our families, because a lot of students access those things, um, maybe not right in the classroom with a teacher there to help them. So, right. you know, we're really trying to use technology to help um, streamline things for our students and families as we're navigating so many other, um, you know, challenging <laughs> Variables. Yeah. yeah. So you can't see me doing my happy dance, but I am absolutely <laughs> doing my happy dance right now because I just read about Clever um, in an email that I got from my daughter's team at the high school. And I am so excited about this because I, I think a single sign on simplifies things for um, for kids and for families. I know that my grad school used a single uh, sign-on for their learning platform, and it was fantastic. It gave me access to everything I needed access to without having to repeatedly log in. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. This is an example of 
Um, this was new to everyone last spring when we went to distance learning, like, uh, you know, on a dime, it was a quick <laughs> transition. Um, and I think this is a fantastic tool to provide for kids and families and for teachers. So it's going to eliminate some of that struggle of trying to log into all of the different things. There are so many great tools out there for these teachers and, and students and classrooms to be using like Lexia and IXL and some of those other tools. Um, but being able to just use Clever to sign on is fantastic. So I'm so excited about that. Yeah, it's really great. And and our data team, um, particularly Holly Thing um, in our district, deserves a shout out for this because she and the, the rest of the team has done a fantastic job making it a real seamless integration. So it, it pulls the information directly from Aspen, which is our student information service, and automatically sets up these various um, sort of portals for teachers. So teachers aren't having to even manually sort of upload this stuff. It's all being done really seamlessly. And um, it allows the teachers to have a spot where they can put all of that information that they think students are going to need to refer to, but they don't have to manually, you know, enter all these URLs or anything. It, it all just sort of syncs up really effectively. And, you know, so it's saving the teachers a little bit of time. It's obviously going to save students and parents some time and frustration. And I think it will make things a lot smoother. The added benefit of Clever is that it positions us really well if, if we were to have, um, you know, a, another situation like we did in the spring where everybody had to go remote on a right. very short notice right. because all of that information is there for both distance learning and in-person learning students. It's, you know, it's not just for our distance learning students. Everybody is going to be using Clever, whether, whether they're sitting in one of the school buildings or at home. And then if everybody had to transition to home again, it's right. all right there and it should right. be seamless again. So. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm so excited about that. I know, I know the teachers and everyone must be excited about it. It's great when you find tech, tech tools that make your life easier, both for, exactly. for parents. So, yeah, um, I mean, we I'm get, sure take the win. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a few bumps on Monday when everybody's sure. trying to log in and and get it all sorted out. But again, if everybody just has a little patience and a little grace and, um you know, remembering that everybody behind the scenes are, they're just all people too. And these are teachers trying their best and administrators trying their best. And, right. um, you know, I, I'm confident that after the first few days, it'll be a really good routine. You know, we obviously right. have more um, sort of infrastructure things that will be happening at the same time, such as the buses and parent pickup and drop off, which will be very different. And, um, Again, you know, most of that information has been sent home to families at the various school level, but it's on our website. If people need reminders, you know, that, that's another thing that people might forget. Oh, wait, where am I supposed to, you know, which side of the right. building am I supposed to go for parent pickup? Because it's different this year. You know, we've tried to make sure all of that information is on the website. Um, we're also making sure that we have a program in place so that those students doing distance learning can still access school meals. Um, we were thrilled a few weeks ago when the USDA extended all of the waivers, which means that through at least December 31st, all school meals are free for every student in Monomoy, um, regardless of, you know, whether they have previously signed up for free and reduced lunches, um, whether, you know, there's no paperwork required, everybody will be allowed to access free breakfast and lunch. And so, Obviously, the kids that are attending school in person will just get that at school. 
and the students that are distance learning will be able to come to and grab that as well so that we just we really want to make sure those sort of um, basic needs are covered as well and we're excited that 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 opportunity be there for kids too yeah absolutely that's fantastic and that will streamline things that at the school level as well i would assume in terms of lunch and the changes that we have to make to how how we do lunch this yes. year. Yeah. Yes, there, yeah. there was there was a lot of administrative um, challenges to trying to track everybody uh, with some kids eating on premises and some taking it because they're distance learning. Sure. Um, so it'll be nice to at least start the year without having to track all of that information right. um, quite right. so closely and, um, you know, really just make sure that people have have that basic need taken care of. Absolutely. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So you mentioned um, the bus schedule is up on the website. Yes. I did have a question about um, pickup patrol. So yes. um, I was wondering how the use of pickup patrol will be impacted this year. So, you know, largely it will be rendered much less necessary than in the past because often what people would use pickup patrol for would be to say, oh, my student is going to ride the bus today, or they're not going to ride the bus today, or they're going to ride the bus home with their friend. After or they're school. going to take the bus, yeah, to the library. Right. And yeah. none of those will be possible this year. You know, bus right. ridership is very um, strictly controlled this year. We had to cut capacity about in half in order to allow only one student per seat. And seats will be assigned because they'll have to be um, a, a very specific list in case any contact tracing is needed. Right. And kids can't um, vary the route. You know, it can only be to and from home. You can't, you know, take it to a friend's house one day or take it to an after school program another day. Um, and then a lot of the options that people would use aren't even um, an option anymore. As you know, the library right. won't be right. having kids. The community center won't be having kids come there. So um, there'll be less need for parents to use pickup patrol. I do think the one place that it may come into play frequently is carpooling. And, you know, we are definitely leaving that up to families' um, choice and discretion. If they have a family they feel comfortable carpooling with, that's great. And the fewer cars obviously will will benefit the traffic patterns because we're expecting um, sure. greatly increased traffic at all the buildings. So sure. um, I, I do think some families will likely be using pickup patrol to indicate maybe a carpooling change that the student will still be going to parent pickup. It's just a different family might be picking them up. So um, that's kind of primarily where I'll, I'll, I see it being used this year, at least until more um, programming might open up that kids would take advantage of. Right, right. And that probably would be in the latter half of the year at that point if we are would, able to do that. I know the library yeah. won't um, be open for students after school for the foreseeable future as we just kind of wait and see how things go. But I think right. it, I was I was assuming parent pickup or uh, excuse me, pickup patrol um, wouldn't be uh, utilized as often because we won't have those changes. And I think that's a commitment that we as families, you know, actively made to provide transportation for our kids so that we could decrease bus ridership and make sure that the kids who were riding the bus were able to do so safely and right. with social distancing in place. So exactly. Uh, yeah. All right. So did we hit most of the highlights? Is there anything I mean, else? I think so, but you know, I'm in a fog these days. So. 
That's relatable. Um, I mean, mean, what I would like to add, and I kind of touched on this in the beginning, is that I really would encourage all parents and caregivers to um, reach out when you have questions. You know, if, if it's something very specific to your child's class, reach out directly to the teacher. If it's a more general school procedural question, reach out to the principal. Um, You know, if it's something really district wide, you're welcome to reach out to the superintendent. He's generally pretty good about responding to emails, even though he gets probably, you know, 500 a day. And, you know, I I also would welcome anyone reaching out directly to me. I am always happy to field questions or, as I said earlier, um, if I don't know the answer, I will direct it to someone who can answer the question. So um, feel free to put my email address and phone number in the show notes. Um, Great. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't know if it would make sense for me to read it out loud um, while we're talking, but uh, you're welcome to. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. 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 Um, Um, What about health services? So health services related questions should go to the the school nurse at the appropriate school? That's usually the best place to start. You know, the nursing team has been working really closely together all all summer, essentially, um, putting together lots of really specific plans and protocols. You know, all of the buildings have um, two separate uh, health areas at this point, you know, usually there's just right. one nursing office. Um, right. Every building now has two separate areas, which will allow for the the treatment of more routine uh, health concerns, you know, such as, you know, a Band-Aid or a student who's a diabetic needing insulin, um, while also offering a place for any potentially symptomatic students or staff to be kept separate so that there's, you know, a reduction in the, the risk of any sort of um, you know, spread of contagion. So right. we've been able to do that in all the buildings. There'll be two separate health areas and um, two nurses. So, we, you know, we've been able to increase staffing to cover that. And um, again, a lot of those protocols are listed on the website um, under health services. There's a, a, an entire COVID section and our nursing team did send out a packet full of information um, I think early, yeah. Week. Week, yep. yeah, and that's that's all on the website. If people need to refer back to those, one of the the materials in that is a um, student daily health checklist that we're asking all uh, in person students to review with their families before they come to school every morning. It's just a few basic check ins um, about how they're feeling and and you know have they traveled out of state, a few little things like that. Um, staff is, are also, they have a similar um, checklist that they're all looking okay. at before they come into the building. So yep. we're really trying hard to proactively, um, you know, encourage everybody to monitor their own health and, you know, stay home when they're not feeling well. Even if you're not sure what's going on, it's better safe than sorry. We'd much okay. rather have people staying home um, in, until they know exactly what is going on with their, whatever health concern they have. Um, we really just, we want everyone to look at it like we are in this together and um, it's going to take everybody sort of having that personal responsibility to, um, you know, wear their mask, wash their hands a lot, stay home when they're sick. You know, those are really the key things that are going to keep all of us healthy and, and keep school moving right along. Yeah, we're feeling the same way with the library. We're working on our reopening plan, our next phase, not not to change the subject, but just mm-hmm. to relate that, you know, we're kind of in the same position. Um reopening the library. We're really excited to be able to invite the public back into the building. Um, We're going to be making some announcements in the next week with 
with official dates for when nice. that will happen. But, you know, we're dependent on the same thing. And, you know, I think that's community wide wearing masks, um, hand sanitizing and hand washing and, you know, hygiene and just monitoring your own health and not going out into public when you're not feeling well, even if you're not, you know, especially when you're not certain what might be going on. So, exactly. so we're, all in the same, we're all in the same storm. Um, yeah, yep. all in the same storm. But I thank you so much for coming today, Joy. This was really helpful. I hope that it's helpful for the listeners. Um, all of the uh, information links and resources that Joy mentioned, I'll make sure that I put in the show notes, including Joy's contact information um, and and some of the other details about where to go to find info. But it's been extremely helpful for me. You guys have been great. I know um, the administration's working really hard. We are so lucky here um, in our district. I feel like as a parent, I'm speaking as a parent now, I feel like we're really lucky in our district. We just have amazing teachers, amazing staff, wonderful administrators, and a really strong sense of community. So I think, you know, we can get through this. There's going to be some bumps in the road. Like you said, there's going to be some tough days, but we'll just all keep taking those deep breaths and trucking right along. Exactly. Well, it, it's true. The team has been working really hard and it's been so nice to ha- to see how excited the teachers are to just um, approach this year with enthusiasm, you know, even with the constraints that they're all under, they are thrilled to, to be back with students, whether they're going to be doing that remotely or in person, you know, everybody's just really excited for things to get moving on Monday. So. Yeah, absolutely. And the kids too, my daughter had her eighth grade orientation this week and um, she came out of the building just full of excitement and ready to go. And oh. we're looking forward to Monday. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was delightful. And and I do hope people find it helpful. And I really do want to encourage people to never hesitate to reach out to me. It's never a bother. It is what I'm here for. And I am always happy to answer questions. Well, thanks, Joy. I really appreciate it. This was fun. We'll have to do it again. Yes, definitely. We'll make it a regular feature. Yeah. All right. Great. (laughs) Thanks, Joy. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hi, Anne. Hello. How are you doing? I am lovely. Good. Thank you for joining me. So for our listeners, um, we've just been joined by Anne Carpenter, who's the Youth Services Librarian at Brooks Free Library. And I invited, I invited her to join us for the second half of this podcast um, because she has been involved with the homeschooling community here on the Cape. And I know she has Um, information about lots of great resources for families who might be homeschooling this year. So, Anne, do you want to talk a little bit about um, your involvement with the homeschooling community? Sure. Um, My sister has been a homeschooler for the last 18 years now. Um, So that was my initial in with the homeschooling community. And then once I got the job here at the library, I started running lots of different programs for the homeschoolers, um, which has given me the opportunity to see a bunch of different homeschooling styles um, and the ways in which everyone who is homeschooling is doing it differently. And everyone is doing a great job because everybody's (laughs) family is different. So every homeschooling situation is going to look very different, um, which I think is one of the something that a lot of new homeschoolers need to hear is that um, you're not doing it the way everyone else is doing it. And that's great. That's fine. Because your kid is not like every other kid. 
Right. And your and your home life isn't like everybody else's. Everybody has different schedules and routines and accommodations that they need to make to keep their household running smoothly. And I think that's one of the great things about homeschooling is the flexibility that it provides. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the ways that it's a little bit different from remote learning, too, um, because I think there's been a lot of confusion this year, which I totally get because it's 2020 and we're just <laughs> all walking around trying to learn how to how to exist in a completely new environment. Um, that one of the big differences between remote learning and homeschooling is that remote learning is the teacher is completely in control. The school system has decided what the curriculum is going to be, what you're going to learn, when you're going to learn it, and is assigning things for the student to do at home. So you are technically schooling at home versus homeschooling, which is completely different because it's 100% parent uh, approved. So the parent is the one who is deciding what the curriculum is going to be is making assignments or not making assignments, depending on the educational philosophy. Um, it, but the family is the one who is rather than the school system. Right. And one another big difference from my point of view, and I don't have experience homeschooling, but it's the synchronous versus asynchronous learning. Like when you're doing remote learning, you're kind of tied to the schedule that's created by the school. And depending on your district, you might be logging in at specific times or you might be viewing a live stream of a classroom remotely um, where with homeschooling, you're kind of you can create your own schedule or not have a schedule, whatever works for you. Exactly. And you also get to do the things that you want to do, um, right. not to turn it into an anecdotal, <laughs> anecdotal mm. time. Um, when I was remote learning with my son in the spring, sometimes he would be given an asynchronous assignment. So we could do it. We could schedule it whenever we wanted to. But, you know, he wasn't always into it. And, you know, it turned into a big fight versus now I'm doing doing the schedule whenever I want, but I can also tailor the instructions specifically to what my individual child, how he learns best and what he's most interested in um, to make it a little bit less of a struggle sometimes. Right. So that's been yeah. really nice. That and is again, a difference fantastic. between remote learning and homeschooling. Um, even though there's some similarities, um, there are some things that are very different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that we're seeing lots of, um, of movement online, I know, towards homeschooling. You and I both have been following some local homeschooling groups. There are so many amazing resources out there for families who might be new to homeschooling. So what we were hoping to accomplish with this is to highlight some of those resources. Um, so I'm going to pass it over to you and, and you can share some of those with the audience. Well, I think one of the best resources is other homeschoolers. Um, a sense of community right now and the idea that other people are going through the same thing that you're going through is so helpful. And it's so nice to be able to lean on other people who are in the same position or people who have done this before and, you know, are there to, to, to help you out. So one of the first resources that I want to um, talk about is the Facebook um, Homeschool Cape Cod is the name of the Facebook group. Um, so if you're on Facebook, that might be a good place to start because you can find lots of other people who are local. Um, so, you know, there's things that are unique about where we live that affect homeschooling. Um, it also gives you an opportunity that once um, quarantine is lifted, you'd be able to connect with other homeschoolers and get together um, 
with them. Um, and there's a lot of just really great advice on that Facebook page. So that's Fantastic a resource place definitely. to start. And we'll link, we'll try and link to that in our show notes as well so that people can get to that. So homeschool Cape Cod. Yeah. On Facebook. Um, I'm happy to be a resource for um, new homeschoolers. Like if you have questions, um, I'm not an expert, obviously, especially since everybody does it a little bit differently, but I am familiar with a lot of the major curricula um, choices. Um, and we actually here at the library, we have a handful of books that you can check out that um, like Singapore math or Saxon math. A lot of people will be like, well, I want to, I want to look at it. I want to touch it. I, like, I need to see it before I <laughs> right. can decide if this is something that my kid is going to work well with. Um, so uh, over the years, a number of various homeschoolers have lent me or donated to the library some of the curriculum that they were finished with that we now circulate. So that way you can get your hands on it and like see if it's going to fit with your family's learning style. Right, right. We always, we always as librarians like to advocate for evaluating materials before purchasing them, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Especially since some of them can be fairly expensive. You know, I want to, I want to evaluate it before I plunk my money down. Absolutely. Um, we also have a number of books about homeschooling. We have a whole homeschooling section in the library. Um, that is specifically books about, you know, homeschooling with multiple children or homeschooling the child with special needs or um, one of the books that I, it's almost 10 years old now, so it's getting older, but one of the books that I recommend to a lot of people is called The Well-Adjusted Child. And it is pretty much an entire book about answering the question, but how will my child be socialized? Um, and explaining all the different ways that homeschooling can sometimes create more opportunities for socialization. Now, I will say that that is a little bit, right now, the word socialization makes me break out in a cold sweat <laughs> because it's COVID-19 and the socialization opportunities for literally everyone <laughs> from my 80-year-old grandmother <laughs> to my two-year-old nephew have suddenly shrunk. Um, but it, it's, it is nice and reassuring for knowing that when things go back to a new normal, <laughs> there are right. opportunities right. to connect. Absolutely. Um, we also, at, for the library, have a number of um, things that are not necessarily specifically for homeschoolers, but that homeschoolers find very useful. So for instance, we have a set of base 10 blocks that you, that um, anybody can check out. And this also goes for parents who are remote schooling or parents with um, children in the public school system or homeschoolers, anybody can come in and check them out. Um, so, you know, they're base 10 blocks that you can use as manipulatives. We have a circulating digital microscope that I'm that I am in love with. <laughs> I love it's our digital microscope. It is yep. great. Um, that hooks up to any machine that has an HDMI um, thing or um, a USB plug. We have a number of kits that are like learn how to do things kits. So um, a number of people like learning how to knit is actually a really great skill because it's a, all about fine motor skills. Um, and, you know, patience and creating something. Um, it's got a lot to do with counting. Yeah. Um, patterns. One yep. of the great things about homeschooling is that you can find ways to incorporate learning into a lot of 
life skills and things that you're doing anyway, which Absolutely. is really great. And we have a lot of those kits as well. So both things that are explicitly about learning, like the microscope, and then also things that are incidental learning, like the art kits. Yep. Great. Those are fantastic. And, the, and patrons can request those through the catalog. Is that right? Yes, they should be able to request those through the catalog. And if you have any problems, you can always call me and talk to me, yep. which is, like I said, I can be a resource. Like if you just need somebody to talk to, um, I do, I have a master's degree in, in education as well as my library degree. So I am very familiar with a lot of like pedagogical information and a lot of different philosophies of education. Um, so I'm happy to be your expert that you're like, well, I talked to an expert and she says that what I'm doing is great. <laughs> I'm happy to be your expert. <laughs> Sometimes we just need, I need a little bit of permission. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> I know I do that with, to my poor sister all the time where I, I know that what I'm doing is right. But when I call her and she tells me that what I'm doing is right, it makes me feel better. <laughs> Absolutely. And that goes back to what you said earlier about having community and how important that is. It's just nice to get, you know, positive feedback that that what you're doing is that you're on the right track, I guess. Yeah. Validation. Exactly. Um, we also have I know a lot of people while we're in curbside pickup, um, it can be frustrating when we're used to coming in and being able to be like, oh, I'm just going to get, we're going to do a unit on frogs. I'm going to get all of the books about frogs that are going to be great for a second grader. And where you can't come into the library, that can be a little frustrating because you don't know exactly what books are going to be great for a second grader. Um, and I am more than happy to put together a bundle of books. So if you come in and you say, or you call and you say, oh, I just, I don't even know what I want. <laughs> I'm happy to be like, oh, tell me how many books you want. Like, give me a range and I will put together all of the books that are going to be appropriate for that. So, you know, if you're doing bees with a kindergartner, all the nonfiction books about bees, they're great for kindergarten, maybe some storybooks about bees. Um, you know, if I happen to know that any of the kits are specifically about that, for instance, we have one that's about ancient Egypt that if you were doing that I'm planning to check out when I do ancient Egypt in a couple of weeks with my son. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And I can attest to Anne's enthusiasm at collecting materials. Um, she loves nothing more than to be given an age <laughs> in a topic and then go around collecting materials. She um, does it for teachers and homeschoolers and other staff members all the time. So I know that you're really enthusiastic about that and you do a great job. You've helped me out in the past and it's always been um, right on target. So Definitely reach out to Anne if that's something that, that you need as a new unit approaches or if you have a topic you want to cover, um, give her a call or shoot her an email and we'll include that information in the show notes as well. And also um, for everyone, homeschoolers, remote learners and uh, public school students as well, um, it doesn't have to necessarily be for a unit. If you just are like, you know, I don't know what a second grader is, you know, it's probably been 20 to 30 years since you were a second grader. Um, <laughs> I'm always happy to get, um, recreational reading choices as well. Absolutely. Um, if I know what your child likes or what they don't like, um, to be able to grab a whole handful of books, that might be some great, um, just kick back, relax and enjoy the love of reading. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to point out that while we're still in this curbside phase of pickup, we are more than happy to provide five or six options with the hope that one or two, um, are like absolute bullseyes. 
Um, and nobody needs to feel guilty about that. We're happy to, to give you more than you ask for or, or more than you think you might need so that um, your kids have more choices because it is hard not being able to browse. I remember as a kid, um, I was an avid reader, but I like to go into the library and flip through books and read the back cover. And um, I didn't always know exactly what I wanted. So I liked, I loved going into the library and having choices. So we want to make sure that the kids still have choices, even while we're in this curbside mode and they can't come in and pick out their own books. And even when they can come in and pick out their own books, eventually, um, when we're allowed back into the building, I'm always happy to give suggestions or put together those bundles, um, you know, ahead of time. If you know, oh, I'm only going to have 30 seconds to run in and run out because I'm super busy trying to do 4,000 other things. (laughs) (laughs) Because Um, what what parent or guardian isn't, what what family isn't busy (laughs) all the time. Exactly. Well, thanks, Anne. That's that's really helpful. Is there anything else that we missed? We talked about library-specific resources and some community resources. Anything else um, I missed? That's all that's on my mind at the moment. Um, just to say, to reiterate, I'm sure you've said it already um, during your introduction, but whether you chose the in-person schooling, remote learning, or homeschooling, know that you made the right choice because you made the right choice for your family and your children. And they're all great choices and everyone's choice is different, but that's great. Um, Everyone made the right choice for them. Absolutely. That's definitely something that we've been talking about in the library and stressing um, that there's no like one size fits all plan. It's there's a lot going on right now and everybody has to do what's best for them and um, know that there's support out there from various places. We're trying to highlight some of those in that, this podcast so that um, you don't feel alone and you feel like you have places to go for information if you need some help. Um, And we're happy to be a part of that resource network for, for whatever learning plan you might be um, using this back to school season. It's going to be an interesting one. (laughs) (laughs) it's all about the journey that's right absolutely well thanks Anne. i appreciate you joining me to um record this and um i'll make sure that all your contact information is in the show notes so people know how to get in touch with you great thanks all right thanks Anne. bye